This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. If you or anyone you know is struggling with similar thoughts, you can call the National Center for Mental Health Hotline at 1553 in Luzon or at 0917-899-8727 and 0908-639-2672 if you are anywhere from the Philippines. Network Asia. Network Asia. Hello, everyone. Welcome to An Open Mind, a podcast with me, Liza Soberano, actress, entrepreneur, and advocate for mental health and human rights. Join me as we talk about the different aspects of mental health as we break the stigma surrounding this truly essential aspect of our well-being. May it be stress, anxiety, depression. Let's get candid about the ups, downs, and in-betweens with people from different walks of life. And I know that a lot of you guys are tuning in right now from all over the world. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to all of our friends in the US, UAE, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Japan, and of course, the Philippines. What's up, everyone? I hope everyone's enjoying this podcast. And please let us know how you're feeling. Do join in on the conversation and don't forget to tag us at MindYouMHS and use the hashtag and open mind with Liza Soberano. And thank you guys so much for all the love and support. Our guest for today is a women empowerment advocate and the executive director of Spark Philippines, an NGO committed to the development of women and women's organizations as full-time partners in national development. Please welcome to the show, Micah Tevez. Thank you for having me. Thank I, you so hi, much. Liza. I, I really appreciate that you're here taking the time out to talk to us about mental health. So thank you for that. But let's start our interview by getting to know each other. I just want to know how you are. How are you today? Well, I'm very nervous. <laughs> um, the average person ranks public speaking <laughs> higher than death. And the average person is me. <laughs> but um, I'm here because... We're here to discuss a very important topic um, that's one that's very close to my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of you, even though we're not that close yet. And I'm really happy that you're really facing your fears and being brave to talk about something that really means a lot to you. And I'm sure will mean a lot to our viewers. So thank you for that. Um, I just want to know what's been keeping you busy these days. I know that you work at Spark, so that's probably something that consumes a lot of your time. How do you cope with, you know, managing um, being part of that NGO and also managing your own personal time and mental health? Well, a lot of my time now, um, since I got back to work, it's really um, raising funds and looking for programs for um, our communities where, mm-hmm. that were affected by Typhoon Odette. Mm-hmm. I think it, it was very important for um, relief efforts, mm-hmm. but um, I'm thinking more of the sustainability and the rebuilding and how we can um, rebuild um our women's homes, our mm-hmm. programs, how to get them back on their feet. So a lot of that is really focused on um, looking for programs for them now, mm-hmm. but also our regular uh, programs and projects and visiting different communities that we serve. And this is something that you do like on a day-to-day basis. What is a day in the life for you, Micah? 
Well, I think 2021 was very different as to um, how I, I think I started the year. Mm-hmm. In 2021, I worked harder than I ever did in my entire life. Um, I worked 16, 18 hours a day on top of doing a scholarship. Wow. But I think um, to take my mind off um, many things, I really just poured everything into work, mm-hmm. into our communities. I traveled more than ever to different communities across the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um as you know, um, the, the communities we serve are low income and marginalized. These are the underserved communities. Yes. And so during COVID, this was a time for us to do more. Mm-hmm. And I just have a question. When did you join Spark Philippines? It was actually by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no plans to enter development work. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not envision myself to be a development worker or in, in an NGO. Mm-hmm. Um I had just finished law school and I had finished taking the bar exams. And um, the plan was just to take time off. Mm-hmm. But my former boss um, at the Senate, he reached out to me and he said, Mike, I need you to do something for the country. I need you to um, volunteer in a presidential and vice presidential campaign. Mm-hmm. And I had turned him down. Mm-hmm. Um, I said it was a rough five years of law school plus the bar exams Mm -hmm. i did not have a life Uh so i wanted to enjoy a little before i start work um but he's very nationalistic and i look up to him he's 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 a mentor and like a second father to me Mm -hmm. and so i i volunteered and i'm not a half-hearted person if Mm -hmm. i commit Mm -hmm. you have me all in Mm -hmm. and um i worked very hard in that campaign and that's where i met um Victoria Gachitarena, she's mm-hmm. a pillar in the NGO world, um, mm-hmm. very well respected. And she was my boss in the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember um, the results of the bar exams were supposed to come out the next day. And she called me and she said, pass or fail, you're coming in tomorrow because it's five days before elections and I need you. Uh-huh. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, I'll be, I'll be coming in mm-hmm. because I had no doubt that I would pass. Uh-huh. Lo and behold, I failed. But I came into work and I did what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, After the after the campaign, I already applied for a job elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But I got a call from her and she offered me a job at Spark. Yes. And um, first she said, I'd like you to join um, my NGO. Mm -hmm. And I told her, Miss Vicky, I'm so touched. Mm -hmm. I'm so honored that you're offering me a job. But I don't see myself in NGO. Mm-hmm. Um, to be quite honest, I have my luhas in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and But out of curiosity, what kind of NGO? And she said women empowerment. And I laughed. And I said, I don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. But she said, you know, you're so passionate. You're the, one of the first people who come to work every day, the last to go home. Mm-hmm. As a volunteer, I think you would be perfect for this. Mm-hmm. And I, I told her, okay. I'll do it for six months. This is my sabbatical while I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. Because failing the bar exam was the one of the first times I ever failed in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was it's it's embarrassing, mm-hmm. um, not just to your family and to your friends, but there's a disappointment also to yourself that you work so hard only to fail one this very mm-hmm. important exam that could change the outcome of your life. Mm-hmm. I just want to let you know that you're not a failure. Because there's so many opportunities in life for you to succeed. It may not be what you envision for yourself, but maybe Spark is your greater purpose. 
maybe you're going to do even better and greater things than you would have been able to do as a lawyer. So don't feel bad about it. Don't feel embarrassed because no one's perfect. And I don't like it when people expect too much from themselves to the point that when they fail, they feel like there's they're not worth it. Like there's no value in them anymore. And there's so much value in you. It's, it's so obvious because you're doing such incredible work with all these women and you're helping so many people that the marginalized, and I'm just really proud of you for that. So don't feel embarrassed. It's not, it's not embarrassing, but I really appreciate that you're vulnerable enough to talk about that because like you said, you felt embarrassed about it, but you're telling everybody now. So it's a great learning lesson for you also. And thank you. Thank you so much for that. I wasn't expecting you to open up like that. Okay. Um, I'm just curious to know, is there anything aside from your NGO work right now that you are very passionate about or your hobbies or interests that you've been getting into? That's a difficult question to answer because my work is my life. Mm -hmm. Um, My friends always tell me that. Mm -hmm. That all the conversations I have, if I'm talking to a friend, mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh my God, that's a fantastic idea for a program. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly thinking of programs and projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you it was supposed to be a six-month sabbatical. I've been the executive director. I'm going on my seventh year now. And what was supposed to be something that I think, you know, when you talked about failure, mm-hmm. I think it led me to something better to my purpose. Mm-hmm. That, that actually helped me um, deal and cope with what I went through. Because going to communities, mm-hmm. seeing what other women mm-hmm. were going through, it made me realize, Mike, I have nothing to complain about. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have it worse. Yeah, You have a good support system. And here you are given that opportunity to be of help to them, to serve mm-hmm. them. And I took my break. I took a break. Uh, for the first time in two years, where I did not answer emails, mm. I did answer some work calls. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, could help it. <laughs> yes, but I am a um, advocacy never stops. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of job, mm-hmm. I, I would say. So, I, admittedly, I don't have work life balance mm-hmm. in as much as I would want to. That was actually, I was about to ask you because you said that work is your life and that's like all you've ever been doing. How do you ever focus on yourself? That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's good you mentioned that. Because mm-hmm. in 2021, um, uh, I, was, I, I really worked to the point of exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple of my friends apparently wanted to organize an intervention. For you? And I found out about it um, because they felt I was working too hard and I, I was just um, taking on too many things. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be in Makati today, but I'd have to be in Bohol the next day. I'd be in Bohol for a couple of hours, run programs and this and that, and fly out again and do something else. And um, I wasn't sleeping. And on top of that, I was doing a scholarship, which I'm very proud about. Mm-hmm. So that was really how 2021 was like. And and I think um, my mentor told me, Micah, you have to step back mm-hmm. and take a break because, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes you forget about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I see it. Mm-hmm. Every time I see you, I always tell you, mm-hmm. you lack sleep, mm-hmm. which is true. Mm-hmm. That That is so true. I was, I, I always say that you cannot, there's no love to give when you do not 
take care of yourself first, right? And especially with all the work that you're doing, you're seeing people with tragic, I mean, treating people with um, tragic life stories and tragic life experiences. I'm pretty sure you're like absorbing all that energy also. And it's, it, it's really important to take a step back and also prioritize your mental health so that you can also be a better advisor, a better worker for all these people that need your help. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit. And I want to get a little bit more up close and personal, although I feel like we already kind of touched on that. Um, I just want to ask you about some of your, because this is a mental health podcast, some of your mental health struggles that you've been dealing with? Well, you know, um, mental health has always been something I have, I think, even from a younger age. We all go through different experiences, whether in college, whether the difficulties of of law school, the pressures of work, it's always been there. Mm-hmm. Um, that is why um, I made it a conscious effort um, in 2019 that we would do programs on mental health. Mm-hmm. And as an organization, we had never tackled mental health before, but I made sure that um, I could intertwine it with um, advocacies that that we believe in. So we focused on single working mothers, the mental health of single working mothers. We focused on the mental health of members of the LGBTI plus community and supporting the supporter. Because sometimes everybody's thinking about the person who's undergoing mental health, but nobody checks on the person who's supporting mm-hmm. that person. Mm-hmm. There's no, and and I think those were programs that, that we did, which I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. And um, to my surprise, it, that program won an award um, from the UNFPA wow. um, at the end of 2019. Congratulations, all your hard work paid off. Yes. You guys are doing amazing things and helping so many people. Yes, but I think um, 2019 was a, it's been a very 2018, 2019. I would say 2019 was um, a very big year for me, mm-hmm. career-wise. Um, I was able to push the envelope and do programs and projects mm-hmm. that um, the organization had never done before. Mm-hmm. And I like to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. I like to talk about. I like to do um, programs and projects that some somehow not. I want I want certain discussions and certain topics that are taboo, mm-hmm. what I feel that need to be highlighted. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, I felt we were finally able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I was very proud of that. For the first time, um, my humanitarian work brought me to how many people are lucky or, or blessed to be able to go to Africa to do humanitarian work, mm-hmm. um, get a scholarship from. Um, uh, on a sustainable business side, um, very amazing experiences. And mm-hmm. um, I was very hopeful for 2020. Mm-hmm. And I thought 2020 is going to be my year because mm-hmm. 2020, 2019 was quite a year. Yeah. I mean, getting invited to, um, I told you I hate public speaking, but in 2019, um, some like the embassy, uh, U.S. embassy in Brunei mm-hmm. thought that I would be a great speaker for a conference there, which I did. Mm-hmm. And these are things that, you know, I wasn't ready to do, but 2019 made me push you. Mm-hmm. And in 2020, I'll never forget March 5, mm-hmm. um, we had, uh, we hosted in partner, it was Spark, mm-hmm. our little organization, small but passionate organization. We partnered with UN Women Asia and the Pacific 
to hold the Women's Summit. And we had several of the biggest names mm -hmm. um, in women empowerment. These were pioneers, trailblazers in their field. Mm -hmm. We had keynote speakers such as Vice President Lenny Robredo, Senator Grace Paul, Mayor Belmonte, mm -hmm. attended by more than 700 people. The first five rows were the diplomatic corps. And I was very proud and I said, I think this is my last year in development work. I'm gonna end it with a bang. And then the announcement of the lockdown. And how did the lockdown affect your mental health? I when think, that happened. Yeah, I think like like most of like most people, I thought, okay, one month we're all gonna be in our homes. And then um, it became two and then three. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm a workaholic and an extrovert. Mm -hmm. Work is my life. Mm -hmm. Um I made the decision to to leave alone. I live alone because I like I like my own space. Mm -hmm. But I think um, being forced into isolation, into um, to, to be to be alone, mm -hmm. that was quite difficult mm -hmm. um, for me. And of course, one by one, all our programs and projects um, were either canceled or postponed. Mm -hmm. And I think what made it harder was. Um, you know, our women beneficiaries, mm -hmm. they're not just beneficiaries. We don't, they're like family to us. Yeah. They are my friends on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And they would often reach out to me. Asking um, for help. Asking for help. And in my own personal capacity, I would try to help as much as I can. Mm -hmm. But it it really, um, and, you know, since 2014, mm -hmm. I send a prayer every morning more than 800 people. And I've been doing this since 2014. That is so much effort. Yeah, it is. Through text. Um, and I did that. But in 2020, I, I just stopped. And I remember a friend of mine who was going through a lot. Every day I'd send her a message of encouragement. Mm -hmm. Just keep going. Mm -hmm. Just keep going. You know, um, stay strong. You're going to be fine. And one day... She said, Mike, you're so quiet. Are you okay? But I didn't want to answer because I don't like to unload when I know a person's going through a lot. Mm -hmm. But I think it just made her more worried. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 I think like a lot of people, it's been a difficult past two years. Has been. Thank you. Thank you for opening up. Um, so earlier you mentioned that you were forced into isolation and for someone who's extroverted and even though you enjoy being alone also in your own space, how did you kind of like cope in like making yourself feel like you're not alone at home? I mean, for the first month, I think um, I was okay. Um, you know, like everyone, we were doing Zooms, we were doing calls, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I just... I couldn't concentrate. I mean, I thought this would be the time where I could catch up on Netflix, mm -hmm. um, but that didn't happen. Um, I went through an 18 day stretch mm -hmm. where I wasn't sleeping and eating. Why? And I don't know, my anxiety levels were off the scale. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know it was physically possible to be okay. Not eating. Not eating and sleeping for 18 days. That's amazing. And and can you um, share a little bit more of what that experience was like? When How did you like turn that around? Um, 
a friend of mine who was very worried, um, she finally messaged me and said, you know, you better take my call because mm-hmm. I'm very worried. Mm-hmm. And when I took her call, I told her, yeah, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And I think it was for the first time she had heard me say that. Say that. And she said, I'm going to go see you, Micah. And when she saw me, I could see her face because I had lost, um, I think, 35 or 38 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't know about I didn't. I mean, I knew I wasn't in good shape, but I didn't realize like for somebody who I have, who I normally see all the time, um, the shock in her face. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm very happy that, you know, very blessed that I have friends mm-hmm. who really sought me out, who went to see me mm-hmm. and uh, who constantly checked on me mm-hmm. um, until she knew that I was in getting better. Mm-hmm. And how how did, um, what was that process like? How did she kind of, push you to start getting better to start coping to start eating again it was more of like visits or sending food Mm -hmm. but i think my turning point was um when we were constantly um helping the women Mm -hmm. um you know we were we were helping them financially because Mm -hmm. you know during the lockdowns i think it was impossible for me to go to the grocery and buy the basic stuff Mm -hmm. and I trust them well enough that they would know their own needs of their yeah. households. But, um, you know, from somebody who went to take up sustainability, that's not sustainable. It isn't, yeah. And and also, I believe in the dignity of labor and earning your own keep. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm in women empowerment. Mm-hmm. So it was also during that 18-day stretch that I created a program. Even in my depression, I was mm-hmm. thinking of ways, how can we jumpstart our programs? And um, I reached out to um, several partners. Um, I, I told them, this is my vision, that I want um, the women to make PPEs. Mm-hmm. Can you fund this? Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, our organization will fund it. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to our partners in government for free trainings because I wanted this PPEs to be medical grade. Mm-hmm. And then for the first time, I went to the community and I realized that was when it it made me feel better. Um, when they saw me, of course, they all teased me. Mm-hmm. You look so good, mm-hmm. you know, despite what we're going through, um, you know, you, you look happy. Mm-hmm. But deep down, I think, yes, in the exterior, mm-hmm. but I think... Um, Depression is an everyday battle. You go through it every single day. Yeah. But at that moment, in the facility, in the sewing center, when I saw the when I saw the women go out of their homes, go to the facility, want to learn how to make PPEs, and really master their craft in three days, mm-hmm. and be able to find private sector partners who bought the PPEs from them, and for them to be earning again. Mm-hmm. That brought me so much happiness. Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud to say that um, these two facilities that we started both have earned more than 3 million pesos each. And that's something um, during the pandemic. It's a big thing. It is. Mm -hmm. And um, it's given the women um, some sort of purpose. Yeah, I I, I see that in them, you know, for not just for them, Mm -hmm. but for also for their families. It's like a driving force also for them. That's that's great. And I love how um, you mentioned earlier that you're a workaholic 
but also like it, it could be your cause of stress, anxiety, because you're not able to focus on yourself, but it's also your sense of like comfort, right? Like when you, when you started realizing all the good that you were doing because of your work, you were able to appreciate all of that hard work that you put in that took you, took your mind off of focusing on yourself as well. And it's, it's just really, I'm, I'm amazed at how you're able to cope without even like seeking any help, which is amazing because you have that, that, um, consciousness, that level of awareness, and you're able to redirect or navigate your emotions and to find a, be a better purpose. So congratulations on that. <laughs> um, moving forward, what is it so important for you to share? Uh, why is it so important for you to share these experiences with others? I think it's important because I, I want to normalize the conversation on, on mental health. Um, I was invited to a, to a, to a small intimate dinner and somebody had mentioned, Mike, Mike, I haven't seen you in months. You look good. And it just came out and I said, well, I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And one by one, everybody at the table started to talk about, um, what they were going through, their challenges and struggles during COVID. And in that evening, from what was, this is, it's not a nice thing to say, but from what was supposed, which was shallow conversation mm -hmm. in the start, which we were small, full of small talk, mm -hmm. became real talk. Mm -hmm. And and I realized all it starts is one conversation. Mm -hmm. And also because I feel that I also don't want anybody um, to go through what I went through. Mm -hmm. You know, when you feel isolated, trapped, and you mm -hmm. don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I think it's important to... Um, to talk about it in safe spaces mm -hmm. um, so you're able to get, um, you know, the support that you need. Mm -hmm. um, you have to overcome whatever you're going through. Okay, Micah. So here on this show, we usually have our guests take a personality test so that we can kind of get to know them a little bit more about this before the show. Um, but I just was curious to know if you found out your result. Yes, I did. Okay. So what Micah got um, is ESF. FPT, which is an entertainer. Actually, this is my first time interviewing interviewing an entertainer because usually I get people that, um, I mean, my guests are usually the same personality type as me or um, the same personality type actually as Yuri and ENFJ. So um, I'm quite interested in getting to know a little bit more about ESFPT. So it says that entertainers love vibrant experiences, engaging in life eagerly and taking pleasure in discovering the unknown. They can also be very social, often encouraging others into shared activities. They live for each second without hesitation. As for their strengths, entertainers are said to be bold, original, practical, observant, and have excellent people skills. Though on the flip side, they are also said to be sensitive, adverse to conflict, easily bored, poor long-term planners, and unfocused. Do you agree or disagree with any of these? Well, I agree about the sensitive part because I'm very, um, I don't accept criticism very well. I'm, a friend of mine told me I'm very hard on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, when something is said, uh, it matters a lot to me what people think. Mm -hmm. Um, I, um, if you go through, um, avoid conflict, 
that is so me. Um, as much as possible, I will do whatever it takes to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. I always think of the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. But on the on the bad side is that I'm like a pail that just keeps filling up. Yeah. So people don't understand also when I distance myself mm-hmm. and they don't realize it's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But that just naipon over time. Yes, which yeah. I should have said something from the very start. Yeah. I'm actually the same, <laughs> but I'm not the same personality type, but see how we kind of have things in common. Um, can you recall any specific instances in your life wherein these qualities manifested? Yeah, I think um, one of the one of the strengths was some, somebody who's very bold. Yes, you are. And um, <laughs> who is very good with people's skills. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're a very small organization Mm -hmm. and people often wonder how we're able to do the work that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, That's because we're very good in making partnerships, um, working with different people. And um, I said I like to push the envelope. Um, In 2018, um, we wanted to do a Mindanao Pride March in Cagayan de Oro. And um, a lot of people said, don't do it. Um, I had sought different meetings with uh, with diplomatic missions, mm-hmm. and they all came back to me and said, "Mike, if you do it in the Visayas, we will support you." And I said, "No, I want Mindanao." Mm-hmm. And so some of them said, "Mike, we're already giving you the support mm-hmm. to support your program for something in the Visayas." But I said, "No, it's Mindanao or nothing." Why was it so important for you to do it specifically in Mindanao? Um. Prior to 2016, I'm ashamed to say this, mm-hmm. but um, I was homophobic. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my colleagues at work um, who identifies as a gay Mindanaoan, mm-hmm. he made me realize in one evening how wrong I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm not just an advocate for it. But I'm a nurturer, mm-hmm. so much so that I did so many meetings. And I remember I met um, with a diplomatic mission. And I remember the person across the table told me, Maki, you're so passionate about this. I feel like you're going to cry. Mm-hmm. You really want to do this. And mm-hmm. I told her, I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. And they funded it. And we did wow. it. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't easy, you know, meeting with local government officials who are not really in the advocacy yes. and bringing them in. Um, you had Senator Risa Ontiveros earlier. Um, she flew in to join us. For our very first march, we had 2,500 marchers. And I think at that moment, I realized, you know, looking around, looking at everybody, that's when I realized what love is love, what it really meant. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just one program. We have Respeto Naman, which is the Me Too movement of the Philippines. Um, we have the Don't Tell Me How to Dress exhibit. I like that. Our organization <laughs> brought it to the Philippines. Um, it was an exhibit of clothes, mm-hmm. uh, clothing worn by women. I know that. Girls. Women that were sexually abused. And unfortunately raped. Mm-hmm. When we first started it, I, I said, you know what, we'll do one day, half a day forum. That's all I'm comfortable with. But I had a meeting with a rape victim survivor. And I said, the worst thing ever, apparently the worst thing you can tell a rape victim survivor is, but you're okay now, right? Mm -hmm. 
that's why I'm in women's economic empowerment. I'm a very positive person. Mm-hmm. I try to not go through sad or negative emotions. So I didn't want to go into gender-based violence. Mm-hmm. But after that meeting, in the car going back to the office, my project officer, he said, Ms. Mikes, why are you so quiet? And I told him, we're not going to do a half-day forum. That's such a great injustice to all of them. Mm-hmm. If we're going to do this, mm-hmm. we're going to do it right. Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't have the messaging, the right messaging for it. That's not my that's not my strength. Mm-hmm. So we met with different people. I remember we met with a big ad agency here. And I told them about my idea. And I needed a name for this gender-based campaign. And I made a presentation. And they said, Micah, this is fantastic. How much you... How much is your budget? And I said, oh, I don't have a budget. I'm asking you to do this for free. They looked at me and they said, we'll have to bring it up to the top, but we'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with Vice President Lenny Robredo in Zamboanga when we were implementing a program for a women's economic empowerment program there. And she had offered, because this is a campaign that had no money. Mm-hmm. She offered Her job as a a public prosecutor when she was at the uh, public attorney's office was to help women. And she said, women who who have gone through these experiences, and she said, you know, I'll give you a platform. Why don't you um, launch this at the office of the vice president? Thank you. I went, okay. We now have little pieces, few pieces. Mm -hmm. I reached out to a diplomatic mission and I called the ambassador directly and I told him, this is my vision. And he said, okay, trust your vision. But at this point, it was all little pieces. Mm-hmm. And then the ad agency came back and said, we're in. Wow. And then the biggest thing happened. UN women reached out to us. Mm-hmm. So I prepared for the pitch of my life. Mm-hmm. But when we went to their office, they were pitching to us to be a partner. Uh-huh. And were you overwhelmed? Oh my god, you went pitching to you guys to be a that's partner because they had heard we were putting and that's the respect on a man campaign. Mm-hmm. And with the don't tell me how to dress exhibit. The exhibit bringing, you know, going through consultation, going through therapy session with victim survivors gave me a clearer understanding of the advocacy and um we now had the exhibit, the physical exhibit ready. The clothes, everything. We reached. We wanted it to be in a public place because advocacies you have to reach a wider audience. Yes. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. And no mall would take us because the 18-day campaign starts November 25, mm-hmm. and they said we can't do this because it's our Christmas, Christmas trees are up, mm-hmm. and we can't have clothes. Mm-hmm. But you see, I don't take no for an answer. I. I found other ways. Mm-hmm. In a mall, I, I sought a meeting with them and I was able to convince them. And they gave us um, the space that was available at the time, which was by the supermarket. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of people are. I, that's why I believe everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. You pass there to go to the parking lot at the parking space mm-hmm. and the supermarket. And I remember I would have coffee mm-hmm. in a coffee shop looking at the exhibit mm-hmm. and I would look at people passing mm-hmm. and I would see men, boys. Mm-hmm. And that's 
where I wanted um, the message to come across that it's not about what I'm wearing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from there on, so many malls had reached out to us. We've been able to bring this exhibit to various um, schools, Mm -hmm. local government units across the Philippines. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been able to bring it to Cebu, to Cagayan de Oro, Mm -hmm. to my hometown of Dumaguete, to Bohol. Um, And we've just been moving all over Metro Manila. And if I had just accepted that no at that time, mm-hmm. I mean, this is these are just one of the many programs um, that we at Spark do. Mm-hmm. But constantly, you know, we try to push the envelope for yeah. very important issues um, that affect um, women and girls. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for wanting to start conversations that nobody else wants to start because they're too scared to. Thank you for pushing everybody's boundaries because we wouldn't be here today without you and Spark Philippines. So congratulations and continue on the amazing work. Thank you so much. I I actually saw that exhibit on social media. I think, was it 2020? I think during the pandemic, that's when I saw a lot of like pictures of that happening. And when I was reading it, because they also had stories right next to them of the victim's experience. I was crying just looking at everything because I myself, I know a lot of people who have experienced sexual abuse, rape, and um, it, it really isn't about what they're wearing, how they act. It, a predator will be a predator because they are a predator. Um, I'm just curious to know, what, um, how did you get the idea of bringing that exhibit to the Philippines? How did you find out about it or how did you even think about it? Well, um, Cindy Bishop, um, she was the host of Asia's Next Top Model and she's also an actress in Thailand. Mm-hmm. That movement actually started in Thailand. And um, we had reached out to her to Instagram direct message. Who would have known? She opened the message. Wow. And she searched us online. And, you know, we, our organization and her had a meeting. And we just moved forward. And I'm very grateful to Cindy for um, lending her voice. You know, she flew to Manila. Um and we had um, to launch it in this mall, to launch it at the office of the vice president, to have different um, forums to mm. talk about the topic. Um, I'm very grateful to people like her. Many people um, have the platform, but they don't use it responsibly. I'm very grateful to people like her um, who help us. And, and basically, that's how, that's how it came about, um, that campaign. Wow. Okay. Congratulations again. And I'm so thankful to Cindy also. You know what? Um, I actually experienced that too, wherein people reach out to me because of this podcast I was telling them. And we learn so much about people's experiences and it really, it really drives our passion and our purpose in doing this podcast. So I understand why you're so passionate about the things that you do too. And it's great that you're surrounded by people that believe in what you do too. You're very fortunate that okay Micah we're not letting you go just yet this is the last but my favorite portion also of um this of this podcast it's called question bank so basically it's just a bunch of questions that we got either online and it's for me to get to know you a little bit better and your opinions on things so my first question is what's a quirk of yours that only a few very important people in your life know I have the same breakfast Every single day when I'm home. 
You do? What is your breakfast? I have two soft boiled eggs, two pieces of toast, and black coffee. Is there a reason why that's the same breakfast you take every day? Because I'm very methodical prior to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I follow a schedule. I'm up the same time every day without an alarm clock. Wow. I clock into the office more or less the same time. I aspire to be like that, to wake up without an alarm, because I hate the alarm. <laughs> okay. Who is a historical figure you most admire and why? Without a doubt, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, she is, I think, um, the foremost um, champion uh, of gender equality. Mm -hmm. um, her work um, as a lawyer, as a judge, as an associate justice of the Supreme Court, um, her fighting for equal justice changed the landscape of the United States, more importantly for women. She fought for um, values that I also share, um, equal pay for women, LGBTIQ plus rights, um, rights of immigrants and undocumented persons, uh, rights of um, people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a life well lived. Mm -hmm. Who is the single best person you have ever met and what makes them the best? I've met many amazing people in my journey, especially in the last two years. I think this past two years, I've realized who are my, who are my true friends. Mm -hmm. And I think in your difficult times, you really realize what's important. Mm -hmm. But if I had to choose one, that would definitely be Amina Swanepoel. Um, I first met Amina um, at a conference in Ateneo. Mm -hmm. She's the executive director of Roots of Health. And she, she is a big advocate for um, sexual and reproductive health and rights. And I've never been in a room when a speaker was so powerful mm -hmm. that I looked at everybody and everybody was engaged. Mm -hmm. And this... In other speakers, most college students were chit-chatting, but she had them all. And I remember um, I was invited by the Embassy of Sweden to attend an orientation to apply for a scholarship uh, for a program. And I, and I finally met Amina in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And when I saw her, you know, they say, don't meet your idols because it will ruin it for you. Mm -hmm. But when I met her, we had such a nice discussion and we had exchanged numbers. And at that moment, I found out she was an alumna of the scholarship. Mm -hmm. And I told myself, no way I'm going to apply because I'm not in the caliber and the accomplishments of that woman. Mm -hmm. I had a good time at this orientation. I met new people and that was okay. But to my surprise, Amy sent me so many messages telling me, you're amazing. You have to apply. Mm -hmm. And I just brushed it off. Until the day, day of the deadline, she said, Micah, please apply. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I got in. And we became very good friends even after that. And I think one thing um, I admire about her is it's not just a professional. Um, we work a lot together in different spaces. But she was also one of my very first phone calls when I was very quiet to check on me. And... Um, Every now and then, you know, we have conversations. And to me, she's a complete rock star. And I would say one of the biggest women empowerment champions in this country.
Okay, so this is our favorite question now to ask everybody. What is one thing that you love that you think other people hate? Or what is one thing that you hate that you think everybody else loves? Wow, that's a tough question. <laughs> everybody says that. It is. It's, it's a very... Oh, wow. I don't know. Well, um, every Saturday, um, I have a cleaning lady who comes in. But every Saturday, I clean again. After she cleans. And I like the smell of like the kitchen uh, cleaning stuff in the air, like after I clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that- <laughs> it's funny because I do that too. So I'll be cleaning and then sometimes Enrique cleans with me in my room and he'll clean an area and then I'll go back to it and clean it and he'll get so upset. He's like, I cleaned that already. And I was like, it's not cleaned how I imagine it to be cleaned. And he'll be offended because he feels like he did his best. But I'm like, your best is not enough <laughs> when it comes to cleaning. <laughs> so I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Thank you so much, Micah, for this very educational and enlightening interview. I'm really glad that you were so vulnerable and open and you were able to share sparks and your personal mission in life. Um for the women and children here in the Philippines. And I really, I really have a high respect for everything that you do. So thank you so much. And um, is there any last message you would like to give to our listeners? For me, I think I'd I'd say that, you know, um, don't be afraid to to show your vulnerabilities. Um, A friend of mine had had a beautiful birthday message for me last year. And he said, The world gets to see Micah and everything she accomplishes. But I love seeing Micah behind the scenes. The highs, the lows, the breakdowns, and the breakthroughs. And surviving it all stronger than ever. And that's why I find you more beautiful, Mikes. And I think that's the part as women. We um, fight so much for equality. We're often branded as emotional. Um... We have this glass ceiling at work. Um, We have a lot of um, societal pressures on our back. Um, I'm talking, you know, of course, I'm talking from a point of privilege when I'm a single woman. But I can just imagine how it is for mothers Mm -hmm. who are now um, doing household work, who are now being um, um, the teachers, the educators of their children. Um, They are taking the brunt of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, The women who are trying to you know, survive day to day, the daily needs of their family. I think um, since I am in the women empowerment space, I think I think I, I wish more women would be there for other women. Like I told you um, the story of Amina. Mm-hmm. I'm a women empowerment advocate, but I didn't even believe in myself. Mm-hmm. It took somebody else to make me believe in myself to actually do that. And um, there's nothing wrong, not necessarily for women, but, you know, sharing your time, a resource, a a connection, an opportunity with other people doesn't take away from you. We should be, you know, I I have this. It doesn't take away, you know, just to be kind. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think that's why um, I have been able to do so many programs and projects because I ask for help when I need help. Mm-hmm. And many friends have come, you know, to be there for me, um, whether it's for work, 
uh, a resource, a connection, an opportunity. Um, yeah, I just wish, I just wish we all could be nicer. Yes. Kinder. Especially in times like this. Mm -hmm. Everybody can use some words of encouragement, some support. And um, you were talking about projects and programs. Is there any upcoming projects and programs under Spark Philippines that you would like to share with our audience? Um, yes. Every year we, we celebrate uh, Women's Month. Mm -hmm. And this year is no different. Of course. In 2021, despite the pandemic, um, we were able to... Um, celebrated at the historical Intramuros um, and, you know, to, to gather all these amazing women um, together at one space. And this year isn't any different. But like I said, I like to push the envelope. And I think this year the topics are a little bit more serious, but I think um, these are discussions that need to be brought into front and center. Um, and I'm just very glad that... Um, we have several partners along the way who've come. I mean, we're in the early stages of our planning, mm -hmm. but things are getting together. But I really hope you can follow our social media pages um, for that. But more than that, um, you know, we're, we are always open to any support or help specifically for uh, the communities we serve, mm -hmm. um, especially um, to areas that were affected, which where we have programs and projects the province of Negros Oriental, which was badly hit, which is not really getting much attention. Mm -hmm. um, the province of Bohol, um, those are two areas that I would really want to put so much focus on rebuilding efforts um, for women there. Okay, thank you so much again, Micah, for being here today, for taking the time out to talk about all of this. I really appreciate you and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you. So there you guys have it, another great no-holds-barred conversation on an open mind. And I just wanted to thank each and every one of you again for showing so much love and support for our podcast. And I really do hope that you guys picked up a lot of useful nuggets on today's show. And please, while you're at it, don't forget to click the like, follow, share, and subscribe button on our podcasts. And make sure to make it a weekly habit to listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podcast Network Asia and wherever you get your podcasts. And please also don't forget to follow us on our socials. It's at MindYouMHS on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. And if you want, you can also follow me at Liza Soberano on Twitter, Instagram. And I also have a YouTube, which is Liza Space Soberano. Thank you guys again so much. I really love each and every one of you. And I really love being able to do this podcast and to be able to reach out to all of you. And so join me again next week as we have more conversations with an open mind. Bye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.